I understand we're living in some very difficult times, but but are you ready for the next major crisis that will come your way? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. The other night, I was thinking how how many storms have I had to weather just in my lifetime? Life is not always easy for many people. There can be many a crisis that we face personally, within our family, within our nation. But we're seeing some new kind of crises on the horizon that I don't think we've ever really, really faced before. Now, look, I understand that over the centuries since Jesus walked the face of the earth, there have been many times of turbulence, many times of extreme tribulation, and many times that were just full of fear. To say that things are worse today than they were 50 years ago, well, that's a true statement. In many ways, they are. In spite of our technology, in spite of our computers, in spite of our so-called war on poverty here in the United States in particular, it's still a losing battle. And for 50 years, the same politicians keep coming back saying, Jesus, just give us more of your money and we'll fix everything. Yet over time, over time, certain things have gotten worse while some things have gotten better. One of the things that my wife notices, and, and she's very, very sensitive to this, is the anger that you see in many people's faces today. There's a level of anger, a level of distrust, and even in many faces, a level of fear that I don't remember from even 25, 30, 40, 45, 50 years ago, or even in my childhood. Look, I'm old enough to remember as a child the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis. And I can also look back over time and, and recognize that, that my father was not in any kind of an undue panic about it. Now, we lived, in, we lived outside of New York City by about 35 miles east on Long Island. And there were some people building you know, fallout shelters in their basements and stocking food and supplies. And, and my father chose not to be involved in that kind of activity because he recognized the stakes were so high that all you're doing is delaying the inevitable if we were to ever get into a nuclear war with the Soviet Union. And he highly doubted that we would based on the theory of Mutual Assured Destruction, MAD, M-A-D, Mutually Assured Destruction. And looking back over time, my, my father was correct. We haven't had a nuclear war. Going back to 1972, 1962, that is now 60 years ago, 60 years ago. And people back then were predicting that by the 1980s, we'd finally get to that nuclear war. They would push the trigger and wipe everything off the face of the earth. A man-made Armageddon. 
One of the problems that we really are facing is the great falling away. The great falling away of people that some who had claimed to be Christians that really weren't, families that decided somewhere along the way not to raise their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And now we have a a generation that has a very unusual mindset. And I see it way too often. It used to be the people I'm talking about, some of these young people, were the exception, not the rule. When I went to high school, and we weren't all perfect, I can guarantee you that. We weren't all kind-hearted. There were many bullies even in my day. But there was a certain line that seemed to be drawn that nobody would ever cross over. I can't remember any student in my high school class ever cursing at a teacher, ever getting away with not doing the assigned work. But today, that's become the norm. Today, we have children, even in elementary schools, telling the teacher, no, I'm not going to do that. No. And what happens? They just keep socially promoting them. So for a number of years, we have created a different mindset, a totally different mindset in our young people that now is ingrained in stone. Many times I use a word that St. Paul used in the scripture numerous times, and you find it elsewhere. The word is reprobate, reprobate. And as a noun, what it really means is a depraved, an unprincipled, or even a wicked person. So as a noun, the word reprobate means depraved, unprincipled, or a wicked person. I see a lot of that in government. And and here's another definition. Reprobate is also a person rejected by God and now beyond hope of salvation. Let me say that one again. A person rejected by God and beyond hope of salvation. Now, these are dictionary, college-level dictionary definitions. Let me just give you a little bit of the theological definition of reprobate mind. I think there's one additional part of the word reprobate, especially when you're talking about a person that has been, quote, rejected by God and beyond hope of salvation. It's not so much that God rejected them. They rejected God. This is a more theologically accurate description. There are people that when given the truth of the gospel, easy to see, easy to weigh, makes a decision. They make a decision for themselves to believe the lie and reject the truth. And they are now living inside of their lie to the point that they will, as the Bible has claimed many times, they're given over to their own delusion. They're given over to believe their own lie. And so they do. They are also morally depraved, unprincipled, in terms of being an adjective. These are morally depraved people. Look at some of those that are in our government today. Rachel Levine, talking about destroying children's bodies with chemicals so they can go through a transgender process to appease his either demonically inspired mindset or 
his mental illness, whichever one you want to consider. It is not normal what he is advocating. And I will not call him a she because he is still a man. He is still male. He is not a female. And we're seeing in the United States today, and this has been occurring over time in what I call the bureaucratic class. They have been infiltrated with people of reprobate minds in many of our government institutions. Now, many of the politicians, as far as I'm concerned, also have a reprobate mind. And there's no doubt in my mind that these people have, by their own actions, their own words, their own duplicity, are now rejected by God and are beyond hope of salvation. That's one of the warnings that that St. Paul gives when he uses the term, they have been given over to a reprobate mind. They have come to the point of no return. They have sealed their fate for eternity. Sadly, many of those people are in, in government offices, in government jobs and positions all over the United States. They want taxpayer-funded abortions. You can just go on the entire list. St. Paul reminded Timothy, in the last days, perilous times shall come. And really, the last days are all these days of the past centuries. You know, we, we, we try to think of the last days in terms of days, weeks, and months in our lifetime. If you lived in Europe during World War II, you would have thought this is the end of time. But one of the real signs, one of the real signs that um, St. Paul reminds Timothy is men become lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. We are seeing this at levels unprecedented, and they're without natural affection. They're truce breakers, false accusers. Hey, look at the FBI. Somebody said, you know, Oh, the FBI didn't plant evidence. Well, talk about the Steele dossier. That was fake evidence, and they knew it at the time that they presented it. So, yeah, they, they do deal in false evidence. We, we have a government right now that is run by the reprobate mind. And I'm going to be talking about this for the rest of this week and some of the telltale signs of the reprobate mind within our society. Today, my guest host, Jim Calhoun, is going to be picking up on this same theme that we're talking about now. I don't want you to be deceived. We could very well be living in perilous times. Let me just close my thoughts with something, and I'll I'll begin with this later this week again. I would rather be ready for the tribulation and surprised by a rapture than to be ready for a rapture and Well, surprised by a tribulation. Are you ready for the things that are coming down the road today? Here's Jim Calhoun. Thanks, Bob. And as usual, it's great to be back on Truth to Ponder. I'd like to start out by thanking everyone for your prayers. I've received several emails and also several letters in the mail. And they all state that they're praying for me. And I really do appreciate that. The power of prayer is something that sometimes we overlook. And I'm going to base this whole show today 
not on all of the bad things and evil things, because everywhere you look, the spirit of Antichrist is everywhere. And if you could make a book out of what's happening today and give every disaster or every catastrophe or every problem its own chapter, there'd be lots of chapters in this book. And the book would be very thick. It would be a very hard read because lots that's happening in the world is very hard to stomach. But that's not where I want to take this show today. But again, I want to thank you for your prayers. And I want to say a special thank you to Brenda from West Virginia. She sent me a beautiful card and also a wonderful CD. So thank you, Brenda. I appreciate it. As I do my research and I look at all the statistics and all the numbers that are coming in as far as inflationary numbers and shortages and just problems, and if you look away from the economic part and look towards the social part, you have little boys that think they're little girls, little girls think they're little boys, and just, it's a mess. And so you take a look at the political end of it, and it's just as bad, if not worse. And it doesn't matter which category you look at. Each category has chapters that we would put in this large book. I guess I would call it the Book of Doom. And too many of us are reading that book right now. That Book of Doom is very obvious. And the Book of Doom is authored by Satan. And it features the spirit of Antichrist. And it stars a whole cast of characters who are basically Antichrist people. People that do not know God or do not want to know God. People who are firmly entrenched in the enemy's camp. That's who's authoring this book. But as this book is so big and large and so gloomy, it's very easy to overlook the fact that there's another book. And that book is the Bible. And the Bible does lay out an awful lot of things that are happening in the world today. And the Bible mentions these things, so we will be prepared mentally, physically, spiritually. That's why it's in the Bible. And also, there's another book, and it's a book of God's blessings. So let's take a break from this book of gloom and forget about all these different chapters and all these things that are happening. And let's look at what is, and let's take a good, solid look at what's happening inside this other book. And I'm talking about the book of blessings. Do you realize that for every evil thing that's being done to the world right now, God has already made provisions for that. And everything that God has provided us absolutely trumps anything that the enemy has. In other words, in my opinion, I think that we hold all the aces in the deck. I really do. Now, we might lose a battle here and there, but we're not going to lose the war. And also, we have to stay within ourselves and understand that God has given us all special gifts and all special purposes. And all we have to do is be still and find out what those gifts and purposes are if you don't know. But this book of blessings has just as many, if not more, chapters than the Book of Doom. And so while the Book of Doom is there, 
and we shouldn't be ignorant of the world's problems. We can't let the world's problems overwhelm us. I've been meeting so many people who are basically on hold, or to use an airline term, they're in a holding pattern. They just seem to be circling, because over their shoulder, they feel all this doom and dread. And so they can't concentrate on their work, they can't concentrate on their family, they can't concentrate on their life. And really, I think that's all part of Satan's plan, to steal our joy, to make us unsure, to make us question our faith. And so we have to understand that that is out there. And I meet a lot of people who are really affected by it. And I've got to admit, some days I'm one of them. But here the last week, God has put it on my heart for me to open my eyes and look at the beauty that God has given us on this earth. And ultimately, the trump card that beats all other cards is forgiveness. Forgiveness of sins. God has already provided everything that we need. All of our mistakes that we've made. Everything that we have done that's a sin, that's evil, that's an abomination to God, God has already taken care of that with the blood of Jesus. And so it doesn't matter what Klaus Schwab or Bill Gates or any of these people do, because none of them measure up to anything that God has as far as his plan and his power. Satan, in my opinion, is kind of like a mouse that roars. He roars awful loud, but at the end of the day, it's Almighty God who has the power. It's Almighty God who is in control. And so that's the book I want to look at today, is the book of blessings. Do you realize the beauty that God has put before our eyes every day? Maybe it's the beauty of seeing a loved one. Maybe it's a grandchild or a child. Maybe it's a husband or a wife. Maybe it's a best friend. Maybe it's your pet. Maybe it's the rolling hills or the beautiful trees or the blue sky. God has provided all of these things to comfort our soul, to comfort us deep down. And we have to understand that although all these problems are happening worldwide, most of the problems are man-made. And they're man's problems created by man to disrupt man. But when you look at what God has made, and you look at the beauty and the balance and, and his overall plan and the purpose for everything. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's very awe-inspiring. And also a chapter in this book of blessings is the fact that God has given us avenues to communicate with him. And to be able to openly communicate with the creator of all things. Think about how awesome that is. There's nothing like that. That's absolutely astoundingly wonderful. And that's something that we always have to remember, that we do have that channel open to God. God is always there. It's us sometimes that is not there. But God is always there. And that could be another chapter in the book. God is faithful. God is there. And another blessing that we could put in our book of blessings is love. God loves us. God loves his children. God loves his creation. And God's love just flows through all of his creation. If you just take the time to look, 
it's there. Whether it be a beautiful sunset or a wonderful day, or maybe just hugging your grandchild, God has given us the emotions, and he's given us the ability to really experience life as he intended us to experience it. And so you look over here and you got some ugly old curmudgeon that's trying to rule the world. What a pitiful sight that is. You look over at George Soros or Bill Gates or Klaus Schwab or any of these old curmudgeons that just need to go away, Dr. Fauci. You look at these evil warped people and the ugliness that's there. And that's what they want us to look at is that. But in the other book, the book of life, the book of blessings, there's beauty and harmony. And so all of these ugly old curmudgeons, they don't matter. Oh, they think they do. And they may be able to make it hard on some of us. They might even starve some people to death because I really do believe that's their ultimate goal. But it's God who provides. And so it doesn't matter how much these evil curmudgeons want to take everything away. God will provide. Like I say, we do hold all the aces in the deck. All we have to do is rely on Almighty God. Lean on our faith. Going back to the card I got from Brenda, she expressed that she was sorry that I had this bad accident, but she also said that that could be God's way of making me live on faith and really rely on Him. And I think there's something to that, because nothing has built my faith in my life more than having this accident, living through it, and experiencing the things that I've experienced. And I've learned a long time ago to give it up to God. And once you give it to God, do yourself a favor. Let God have it. Don't get it back from God. Now, I know a lot of people stay in constant prayer for certain things. And I do understand that. And if that's how you pray, that's fine. But me personally, if I go to God with the problem and I really lay it out to God from my heart, then I give it to God, and then I turn my attention to other things, because I've already given it to God, and I don't want to take it back from Him, because I know that God's will will happen, and if I'm praying outside of God's will, it doesn't matter how much I pray, because everything boils down to the will of God, and I know that God has had to teach me lots of valuable lessons, and I know that sometimes I've been a very poor student. But as I have built my faith and learned how to be quiet and be still and let God come to me with what he wants to tell me, then I start understanding the communication that we have with God and the blessing that it is. Lots of people think that the communication with God is one way. We pray to God or praise God and he accepts that. But I'm here to tell you that God does answer. God does talk to us all the time. Maybe not audibly, maybe in subtle little ways. God is always so far ahead of the curve on anything that we can comprehend that when something happens that we consider a miracle, that's just an everyday occurrence with God. God is in the business of miracles. There's another chapter of our book of blessings. How many miracles have you had in your life? I've had quite a few. 
I've had so many things that you can only explain that it's the hand of God or the will of God, that God has guided a situation. I've had that happen many times in my life, and I'm sure you have too. And lots of people get hung up on which day to worship God. Well, I'm going to tell you that it doesn't matter if it's Friday or Saturday or Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, because we should worship God every day, because God gives us life and blessings every day. So I personally don't get hung up on which day you're supposed to worship God, because I worship God every day, some days more than others, and also some days I really feel the presence of God, and other times I don't. But I don't think it's because God's not there. It's just because I'm not as tuned in that day. I've met lots of people who stay tuned in to communication with God that it's just absolutely astounding to see their life and how everything plays out. And hopefully someday I'll get to that point. But as of now, I'm not even close. But I do know it's possible, but it all hinges on me and my attitude. You know, we're experiencing a huge drought right now. It's real easy to look at all the dried out fields and the the dead foliage and the dust blowing and all the things that come with a bad drought. It's easy to see the dust flying. It's easy to see the dead plants. It's easy to see everything shriveled up. We need to start focusing on what is growing because there's lots of things growing. They may not be prospering like they normally do, but there's lots of things growing. And so we should be thankful to God that he has allowed certain plants and animals to be able to withstand drought and to still bear fruit. Even in a barren wilderness, there's the handiwork of God. There's the beauty that God has given us. And so while we take all of this time and look at this gloom and doom, this horrible book with all these horrible chapters, we have to understand that that other book, the book of God's blessings, has just as many chapters, if not more. And every chapter in God's blessings book will trump every chapter in this gloom and doom book. And that's not real easy to see every day. There are times that after I look at the news and read some reports and watch some videos, I honestly think, what's the use? Mankind is kind of went over a cliff, and it's just an act of God that's going to solve anything, going to change anything. And I'm not saying I get depressed, but I get a little downhearted, and I get frustrated when I see things that are openly wrong, things that people are teaching or spreading around that is nothing but the spirit of Antichrist. Now I'm going to talk about the Bible. As I stated earlier, the Bible foretells all of this that's happening. And the Bible does say, fear not. We have to understand that God did not put us on this planet to live in a spirit of fear. And the mere fact that God does do miracles, and those miracles, a lot of them are aimed at mankind, that's another chapter in the other book, the book of blessings. Now, I already talked about miracles, but the miracles are aimed at his children. Our God truly is an awesome God, and I know right now that he's putting together his remnant. 
And going back to the letters and emails that I'm getting, I'm really convinced that the listeners of Shortwave and also the listeners to Truth to Ponder, if not all of them, most of the people are part of that remnant. They're drawn to Bob Behrman and they're drawn to this program. And I say thank God for that. Thank God for people like Bob Bierman. Thank God for the ability to communicate. Thank God for shortwave. Now, I'm going to stray a little bit and talk about shortwave just for a second. Now, I'm singling out the shortwave listeners for a reason. So, you podcast listeners, this is not about you, but I'm not leaving you out. I'm just going to be talking about the people that have no computers, no televisions, Some of them don't even have a cell phone. And their window to the world is radio, which I think is a wonderful thing because I've always been a radio guy. But I also know that these people that have radio as their primary source, most of them don't listen to FM. Most of them may listen to some AM, but they do listen to shortwave. And I truly feel that God is calling his remnant to the airwaves of shortwave. Because all of these letters that I'm getting, especially from the ones that have no computer or no cell phone, and they listen only on shortwave, these people all have a common thread that's running through them. There's a kindred spirit among the dedicated shortwave listeners. And the absolute strength that these people have is amazing. They are not part of the world. And they've really plugged into the alternative airwaves, which would be shortwave. And they've unplugged from mainstream media. And they're really plugging into what I call the new truth media. Now, I'm not saying that the shortwave listeners are a cut above. Because I think the podcast listeners have their own strengths as well. But I am going to say that, by and large, shortwave people are very good people, and they're very humble, and they're really dedicated and faithful. So I want to give a big shout out to everyone out there that's a shortwave listener. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. I would ask a favor of you shortwave listeners, though. Please send Bob Bierman a letter and tell him you're listening and tell him which station that you hear his program on. I would really appreciate that. Now, podcast listeners tend to be maybe a little bit more with it as far as knowing world events and things like that because they have the world at their fingertips because they have the internet. And so that's the strength of the podcast listener. But the podcast listener can simply shut it off or with the click of a mouse, go to a different podcast or a different format or whatever. Whereas the shortwave listeners stay dedicated. Once they start listening to a show, if it catches their imagination, they listen all the way through. And one of the reasons for that, if you're tuned to a station and it's coming in good on shortwave, you don't really have the luxury of channel surfing and changing the dial and picking up another clear signal all the time. And so if you like the program that you're listening to and it's coming in clear, then you're going to stay with it. But also, as I stated earlier, I think that shortwave listeners are extremely loyal. And so, again, thank you for listening and thank you for your loyalty. I really do appreciate that. 
On the other side of the break, I'm going to continue talking about God's book of blessings. And there are so many blessings that all we have to do is take the time. Take the time out of our busy day. And even if it's just one blessing you think about, think about the blessing. If you can think about more than one blessing, think about more. But don't do it just once in a while. Do it every day. Because we're getting bombarded by this other book every minute of every day. All of the doom and gloom and problems and satanic activity and the spirit of Antichrist. All of this wants to take center stage in your life. So I'm going to say, don't let it. And on the other side of the break, I'll pick up where I left off. And thank you so much, Jim. And Jim Calhoun will be back after our break. This is Bob Bierman again, just stepping in for a couple of moments. I want to remind you that this radio program is on the air because of your prayerful and generous giving. This radio program, it's not free to put it on shortwave radio. And I know that the economic times in which we are in are, well, they're just terrible. I remember what inflation looked like in the 1970s, and I didn't worry about it as much as I do today. Things were bad then, but I think they're a lot worse now. And they're going to only get worse over time. Sure, gasoline prices of late have come down just a little bit here in the United States. But how long will they stay down? There were some artificial things done temporarily to offset the sticker price shock at the pump. I believe that after the election, you'll start seeing those prices go right back up again where they were. There's no doubt in my mind about it. They went as long as they could, knowing the midterm elections were around the corner, and so they better do something now. And so something was done to artificially lower the price to get it below the $5 mark, depending where you live, or the $6 mark, or here in the South, under the $4 mark. But gasoline that's $3.89 is still almost $4. And on a 10-gallon tank, maybe I saved a dollar compared to what it was when it was, oh, I don't know, $4.09 a gallon. We live in a world of very deceiving politics, and that's why this radio program is on the air. Many people are believing lies and putting their hopes in the wrong things, like elections, for example. Elections cannot fix the problems that we have here in the United States, in Canada, in Australia. It's faith in Jesus Christ that's going to make the difference. And there's coming this separation now of the sheep and the goats. There's no doubt in my mind about it. I'm seeing it every day. I think we'll spend some time tomorrow on that topic as well. For the moment, though, August has been and July has been a very difficult month. I get it because of the economy that I just mentioned. It's not great, and a lot of you are struggling. But we have to make some decisions on what stations to remain on and where we may have to leave. Those are decisions that we're facing right now. If you can help us, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio, the mailing address, Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, the city is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida, 
zip code 32536. That's 32536. Our website, truth2ponder.com, also has other ways you can support this radio ministry. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Making him pleased. Coming up. Shalom Alechem. This is Jonathan Kahn, the nice Jewish boy. Your Jewish connection bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. In Colossians 1 verse 10, it speaks about making it our aim to please God. It's hard to imagine. Can you imagine God being pleased by something you do? Hard for us to think we can actually do something that actually pleases him. You know, we may think we're never good enough and certainly I'm not on our own. We aren't. But in him, you know, that's the that's the aim. Some of us have tried to, you know, or you may have tried to please people and they're not pleased. Or maybe you had a father or a mother who could never be pleased. You know, he's not a father who can never be pleased. Now, his standards are infinite. It's higher than anybody we know, but yet he can't be pleased. It's his will to be pleased by you. You know, it's not enough to just try to avoid doing bad because it's not good for you or to do good because it's good for you. It's it's that we have to make our aim to please him. You know, it's his will that you please him, that you walk in such a way that he's pleased. Like a father who delights in his children, you can please him. The idea is to make him smile. Make it your aim. Make it your aim to make him smile. Like a child who does something very childlike, you know, a crayon picture, and then shows his parents to please them because it's love. God wants you to be blessed by pleasing him. Make it your aim to make him smile. You know, actually please him, not just to live as under a law, but take joy in pleasing him in everything you do in all different ways, because it's his will to be pleased by you. Make it your will in everything you do to please your heavenly father. One more ask for the presence and the power. How often do you get something offered to you? Life changing and free. Here goes. Sapphires is as precious as it sounds. Guaranteed to help you. Live a life and walk of joy, free gift subscription, plus the incredible mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. And how do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you call it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. It's amazing. It's the farthest way you can ever spread the gospel. It's amazing. Make your life impact the world. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. It'll please the Lord. Or write me direct. Here's how. Write to the nice Jewish boy box, 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy box, 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, make the Lord smile. Shalom Alechem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Ben Elohim, the Son of God. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder. This is your guest host, Jim Calhoun, and I'm sitting in for Bob Bierman today. And I always enjoy hosting Truth to Ponder. And I'm really thankful that I can help Bob Bierman out as much as I can. And as always, I'm very thankful that you tune in. During this entire show, I want to try to highlight the good things that are happening in the world. Now, you might say, what good things? Well, the sun came up today. You might be saying, well, what good things can you possibly be talking about? 
I'm talking about the good things that God has blessed us with. Good friends, family, loved ones, different occupations and hobbies and pets, beautiful scenery, the senses that we enjoy, taste, smell, sight, touch. There are so many simple pleasures that God puts in our life every day that it's really sometimes easy to overlook. You know, you might have a really bad day and think that nobody loves you and nobody cares. And something on the inside is just really troubling you. And you go home and you have a dog that meets you at the door, tail wagging. The dog saying, I love you, I love you. And you burst past the dog because, because you're sure that everything's a total mess and that you're unloved and unappreciated. And you might walk past a family member who inquires about how your day is going because they really care. But yet you're so busy concentrating on everything bad, you, you just walk past two things that told you they loved you and they cared. And so you can internalize it. There's nothing good happening, and everything is just falling apart. But it's so easy to miss those little things. And God puts those little things over and over and over, time and time again, into our life to encourage us and to keep us on the right path. Sometimes we're so blind that all we see is what we want to see or what our feelings tell us to see when in reality, we need to see what really is there in front of us. The smiling family member, the happy dog with the tail wagging. I know that's not enough sometimes to turn a bad day totally around if you have a really rotten day. But you have to understand that God does this constantly. And so if you take all of the little things that you're shown every day that you're loved, and every day that God is in control, and there's beauty in this world, and there's good in this world, if you would just soak that up, that would far outweigh all the negative that hits you on a day-to-day -day basis. And so it's real easy to be negative. And some people might think that you're not in the real world if you're not concentrating on all the problems. I think you should concentrate on the problems in as far as whether or not you can do anything about the problems. If you're just worrying to worry, well, that's no good. So instead of concentrating on what's worrying you, you need to concentrate on what's blessing you. Now, sometimes that's hard to do, but God blesses you every day. Every breath you take is a blessing from God. Everything that you are and ever will be is a blessing from God. And sometimes we look across the fence and they say the grass is greener on the other side. But we don't know the whole story. We might look at someone else and think, wow, I wish I was successful as those people. While those people might be looking at you saying, I wish I was fulfilled as that person or I wish I could have the life of that person. Because everybody has ups and everybody has downs. But the only constant we have is Almighty God. God's love for his children. God's great plan that he's laid out. 
this wonderful world that God has created for us? There are so many things that are rock solid. So why would we purposely look at all these man-made problems? All these problems are really poorly built, have a foundation of sand. They're rickety, and they're going to come crashing down. Whereas the kingdom of God is solid, and it's worthy of your attention, and God is worthy of all praise. I know that on more than one episode, I've said that you have to have the right headspace. And really, it does boil down to that. There is none so blind that one who will not see. And so we need to start opening our eyes to God's plan, to God's blessing, and understand that God is sovereign, and God loves us, and he does care. And all the beauty that he's laid out in front of us, and all of the wonderful things that we have experienced with this life that God has blessed us with, Now, I know lots of people out there are going through hard times. There's lots of people that feel like they're under demonic attack. There's lots of people that feel like that they're unwanted and unloved. There's lots of people who feel like they're unessential. There's lots of people when their children are all grown and they're by themselves, they feel like that they have outlived their usefulness. But nothing could be further from the truth. Every life change you go through is just a new chapter. And so to add to this analogy about books, your life is a book. And one chapter is different from another chapter, but they're all part of the same book. And we should never forget that life is a process. And let's say that you're a parent and you have several children at home, and that was your pride and joy having your kids in your home. Now, when the kids grow up and move out, you, of course, have that empty nest syndrome. But instead of being really depressed about it, you need to congratulate yourself for raising the child to where the child can be out on its own because you've done that job. Now you have another job, and that's to be a parent of a grown child who's moved out. You're still the parent, the child is out of the house, but it's just a different chapter of the same book. And you can look back at these chapters you've already lived through, and you can learn from your mistakes, and you can have fond memories of good times, and also you can have some nightmarish times that you hope to forget. And one reason that you don't forget some of these bad things is so you will never repeat them again. It's like the lesson that's learned when a small child puts his fingers on a burner on a stove. They may do it once, but never twice. And so everything that you've lived through makes you who you are today. And Almighty God puts you on this planet for a purpose. And all of your life experiences, both good and bad, make you who you are. And so there's no use of thinking about yesterday and crying over spilled milk and reliving things that you don't want to ever go through again. So why relive them in your head? So again, we have to look at the blessings of God. 
And we have to understand that they're everywhere. And so as you start converting how you think and live your life to one of hope and one of joy and one of expectation, you're going to find that you are going to be happier and you will have more hope and you will have more joy. Now, I'm not talking about pretending that everything is fine when everything isn't. But just know that for everything that is broken and ugly, there's something that's whole and beautiful. And the thing that's whole and beautiful far outweighs the ugly, broken thing. And it could really be boiled down as simple as that. Life is what you make of it. All of us come in the world the same way, and all of us leave the same way. It's what we do in between that really counts, what really matters. And to know that we're human, and to know that we've stumbled, and we will continue to stumble, both now and in the future, but to understand that God has already taken care of all of the bad sins and the stumbles that we have along the way, that God sent his only son to die for us. And some people may give lip service to that, but they don't really contemplate the whole concept that God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. And the fact that Jesus died for us, that's the ultimate, the ultimate sacrifice Jesus made. And he made it for you. And he made it for me. And if you can't find joy and amazement with that truth, then you really have to examine your inner workings. As I study for my program, the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show, and also study for doing guest appearances on Truth to Ponder, you wouldn't believe how many horrible, rotten stories that I force myself to read or videos to watch. And it would be so easy to be totally depressed to see mankind's inhumanity to man on display every day in full color and people that really don't care. To watch videos of people on trial for murder and obviously they're guilty and they're found guilty and there's no remorse. And sometimes these people even attack the families as they're being drugged off to prison. They attack them verbally in the courtroom. It would be so easy to give up on mankind. And I think if it was up to mankind, mankind would give up on itself. I think mankind is that evil. But here again, we have the book of God's blessings. And with the help of Almighty God, our attitudes could be adjusted, our ways can be mended, our life can be straightened out. And there's no such thing as a perfect Christian. And there's no such thing as people that have their life totally together. Some of the richest people I know have problems that are so bad that I wouldn't want. I know lots of people from all walks of life. And some of the ones that are the most successful have some of the most heinous problems. And I wouldn't want to be them. I wouldn't trade for the world. 
because I wouldn't want anything to do with the problems they have in their life. They may have money. They may have fame. They may have everything in life that they think they want. But there's parts of their life that are totally out of control. And so as we look at other people and think the grass is greener on the other side, we need to understand that that, again, is an attitude that we have. It's a thought process that we have. It's not necessarily true. I know lots of people are suffering through economic hardship right now, and I'm right there with you. I went and got groceries today, and I got what I thought was about $65 worth of groceries, ended up being $98. And most of these things were items I bought for years. So I thought I knew how much the groceries would be as far as the size of the group of groceries I had in my cart. And so there's lots of things that affect us on a day-to-day basis. That's just one of them, the inflation. And again, all of this is man-made and contrived. And all of it is in that first book, the Book of Doom. And I want to stress that you do not want to ignore this Book of Doom. You want to know what it says. But you don't want to dwell on it. You don't want to live in that book. And if you're one of those who have been totally derailed by all of this pandemic and the response to it and all of the corruption and evil that's going on in governments all over the world and all these other things, the starvation and the supply problems, it's so easy to dwell on that and to let that steal your joy. But on the other side of that, the flip side, as I stated earlier, we hold all the trump cards. We win. Ultimately, as Christians, we win. And I think you should be able to find great joy in that. There's so much joy everywhere you look. There's so many good things everywhere you look. And also, we may say the world has gone crazy and there's horrible people everywhere. And maybe some of that is true, that a lot of the world is in trouble. But there's lots of nice people and lots of good people. Lots of people that have a personal relationship with Jesus. Lots of people that really have their life together. And they're wonderful people. You may not know them. You may never meet them. You may never see them or hear about them. But let me assure you, from doing these programs and getting the emails and the letters that I'm getting, there is a group of people out there that are absolutely wonderful. Very, very wonderful people. And I like to state that now is the time for all good people to stick together. And although the remnant is small, I do want you to know that what I've experienced is the remnant is not large at all, but it's very loyal. It's very loving. It's very much the group you want to be in. And there again, there's another blessing from God having other like-minded people that we can stay in contact with. We need to stop giving in to the world. We need to stop letting the world's issues and problems dictate our daily life. We need to live the life that God intended us to live. We need to answer the call. When God calls us, we need to answer the call. But God is also blessing us, and we need to answer that call as well. We need to thank God for all of his blessings. We need to stay humble 
and loyal, but we need to acknowledge the creator of all things and the gifts that he has given us and will continue to give us. We live in very interesting times, and lots of times it seems totally out of control. But the most important thing you do have control over, and that's your relationship with Almighty God. So it doesn't matter what George Soros did or what Bill Gates said or, or what Dr. Fauci is doing. That doesn't matter at all with your personal relationship with Almighty God. So I want to encourage all of my brothers and sisters out there that this too shall pass. We're going to face some very hard times. But know what your rock is. Know where your foundation lies. And build on the rock. Build your life under the guidance and loving care of Almighty God. Accept Jesus into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. And live your life the way God intended you to live, not in a spirit of fear. Well, I hope you got something from this show today. I really do appreciate Bob Bierman allowing me to speak to his audience again. And I would really appreciate it if you would support Truth to Ponder financially. And that's very easy to do. You can go to Bob's website, which is truth2ponder.com and go to the support tab and click it. And on that page, you have options on how to electronically support this ministry. But if you'd rather send a check or a money order, you would write the check out to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, and you would mail to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, 3248, in Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida, and the zip code is 32536. And you can email Bob at bob at truthtoponder.com. And also, if you would like prayer, email prayer at truthtoponder.com. And I'm going to mention one more blessing before I close the show. And that's the blessing that we have people like Bob Behrman that have shows like Truth to Ponder. I know that I personally am blessed by this show and I'm blessed by this ministry. And also I'm blessed by all the listeners. So again, thank you for listening. And until next time, Stay strong. Stay positive. As the old saying goes, count your blessings. Keep your powder dry. But most important of all, replace fear with faith. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.